0: Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging on the drive. Hubler.com Studios, as always, we appreciate you waking up with us and making us a part of your morning. Jake coming up at noon. Now, he's going on a big swanky vacation here at some point, isn't he? Oh, Yeah, he's going to Europe. He's going to Europe at some point here. Uh, I was talking to him in the press box about that on Sunday, so that'll be a lot of fun. JMV coming your way at 3 o'clock. Reminder, take us anywhere. 1075thefan.com You can find us online, podcast streaming. Uh, KB's got a bunch of stories. I have my weekly power rankings up there as well. Check out the app. Download it right now. It's absolutely free and you can take us uh, anywhere you may be. I think the promo says from Indiana to Indonesia. So there you go. Quick reminder, Colts and Jags, all that pregame coverage beginning Sunday at 10 a.m. Alright, let's have head out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mike Duraco joins us. He follows the Jacksonville Jaguars for ESPN.com. Uh, Mike, it, uh, you know, looking at your Twitter, it looks like you made the trip across the pond did you stay the entire two weeks how was it
1: um i did not stay the entire two weeks i stayed through uh wednesday after the first game um and then the bills rider came over and took uh Took over. I don't think uh, ESPN wanted to fund a full ten-day <laughs> vacation for Mike Tirico in uh, in London. There, uh, understandable. So. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was an enjoyable trip. It's a long trip, but it's in- it was enjoyable. You're eating
0: beans out of a can. I'm looking at your Twitter right now. Is that beans yeah. out of a can? Is that what is that what they gave in the press box? What the hell?
1: Uh, all day breakfast. It's uh yeah, I do a local radio show down here every Thursday from 10 to noon and we have a fantasy football element and the loser each week has to buy everyone else breakfast. So I joke, nice about breakfast. And then one of the Jags fans over there, um, was like, Oh, you know, we have it in a can and, and, um, yeah. So he gave me four cans when I went over there. That was one thing I didn't expect. I was going to have to, you know, put in my luggage on the way back. <laughs> and, um, we taste tested it last week. It was, um, not, it was. Not as bad as I thought it would be, but it yeah. was not that, something that I probably. That, that's, a to it, it, that's a ring endorsement.
0: That's what I was going to yeah. say. What an endorsement! It wasn't quite as bad as I thought right. it was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Mike, let's jump into it. Obviously, here we're dealing with the news of Anthony Richardson, the injury on Sunday, going on IR yesterday. We can dive into that here in a second. This is just me personally, you know, going into that Bills game. I, I was really underwhelmed by Jacksonville. Now, there's nothing wrong with losing to the Chiefs, but Jacksonville didn't score a touchdown and then basically manhandled by the Texans, really not in that game. Uh, And so beating Atlanta, you know, going to London was a good thing. And then the big win uh, over the Bills, uh, I I don't know, how have you felt uh, the Jaguars have played this season? And, you know, that that Buffalo win to me was a big one. Was that more about Buffalo, you know, making the trip over, maybe Jacksonville being kind of, you know, there in London? What did you make of that Buffalo win? To me, that was a statement game. I didn't think they, you know, early season kind of had that in them.
1: Yeah, you know, you said underwhelming, I think, a little bit ago, and, and that's really the way I was looking at this team. We we just sort of expected that offense to kick in in high gear and, and, and maybe, not, you know, certainly not pick up where it left off last year because you really can't do that after a long break, but certainly look better than nine points at home against the, the Chiefs and, and getting just absolutely handled by the Texans. Um, You know, the the offense had just sort of, shot itself in the foot pretty much all season and, and the offensive line has not played well at all. Um, that's been probably the biggest issue, but they just didn't make plates and they had opportunities and they just fumbled around and penalties and dropped passes. And, and it was just sort of a mess and they get to London and it was a little better against the, the Falcons. And then the bills, that's the best that offense has looked um, all year. It looked a lot like we saw towards the end of last season and uh you know, I know Bills players talked about, you know, we were jet lagged or whatever, but here's the thing. You know, the Jags were over there all week. Well, there's no rule that says the Bills can't go over there all week. The league sort of funds or defrays the cost if you go Thursday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the league helps the teams with that cost. So, um, you know, if the Bills wanted to, I think the Ravens this week went over on Tuesday, um, you know, for their game against the Titans. So, um, you know,. I'll say this every time that the Jags have won a game in London, I hear the same complaints. Mm-hmm. I hear the complaints about, yeah, we were jet lagged and they're used to this trip and, and, you know, it it is what it is. Um, but that was a statement win. And, you know, the whole thing about this team is if you're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC, if you're really going to challenge, then you got to beat the best teams in the AFC and they're, they didn't beat the chiefs. They beat the uh, you know the Bills pretty pretty handily. That game was pretty much you know they handled it for the most part. I mean the the Bills scored late and kind of made it a little closer than it probably really was. But you got to beat those teams, and you know now they've got games coming up against San Francisco. They've got games coming up against Cincinnati, um, Baltimore on a Sunday night football game here. So you're you're getting a chance if you're the Jags to win against teams that are going to contend in the AFC. And and certainly with the with the 49ers a, a team that you know could contend for a Super Bowl.
2: Kenny's okay, Mike DiRocco here joins us um, from ESPN.com covers the Jags. You've certainly heard him on our Airwaves, always enjoy the conversation with Mike. I do have one more London related question, Mike. Again, 2 weeks in London, now they're back. I, I think there is a question or at least Colts fans are thinking, "Hey, you know, could they be a little jet lag? Could you, you know, are you maybe not getting 100% Jacksonville team?" But the question that I have is Jacksonville elected to play after the bye. I remember the Colts did that in 2016. They wanted to play after, uh, excuse me, after the London game. Basically, you can elect to play or have the bye week. Um, so, Jacksonville wanted to play. They they don't pick their opponent, though. I, I feel like that's like going around Colts circles. Uh, that is correct, right? They don't get to pick who they play. They get to pick whether they have the bye or they play, right?
1: Yeah, and they get, they ask for a home game. Um, So, yeah, but they don't get a chance to pick the 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 opponent but I mean if you're looking for an opponent to play after that and you're worried about that London hangover you want a divisional opponent because you're at least a lot more familiar with those guys especially this team that you played you know four weeks ago
2: yeah and not to mention a team that hasn't won there since 2014 (laughs) on top of that um Gardner Minshew I, I I Obviously, he had quite the, you know, career there, if you want to call it a career, quite the couple of years there in Jacksonville, certainly thrown in the fire early on after the Nick Foles injury and then Urban Meyer happened and all of a sudden Gardner Minshew's in Philadelphia. Walk us through maybe why things didn't continue for Gardner Minshew there in Jacksonville because by all accounts, he's certainly a very high end backup and would probably start for a handful of teams in the league.
1: Yeah, you know, 2020 was sort of, you know, they were giving him 2020 to kind of prove that he could be the guy. And um, what ended up happening with him is that, um, you know, they wouldn't, he wouldn't go down the field. They were frustrated with him because he, he was not a guy that he doesn't want to turn the ball over. He's a very smart guy. He understands offenses. Um, you know, he's not going to put his team in really bad situations, which is exactly what you want in a, in a backup. But you know he doesn't have the strongest arm, and you know they were frustrated with him that he wouldn't go down the field more, that they wouldn't stretch the field uh, when he was playing. So you know that season, you know they beat uh, where well, they beat the the Colts to open the season, right? Uh, in uh, twenty twenty, Phillip and, Rivers and in the Colts. Yeah, and then that was the last time they won a game <laughs> that year. So. You know when when you get you know they ended up benching him because he had a thumb injury that he didn't tell him about and you know then they tried Mike Glennon and Jake Luton Oof. and yeah Oof. it was just it was a mess at that point and and then when you end up with that number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is coming out I mean there's that's a no-brainer you take that and you know I thought you know Minshew was going to stick around as the backup and uh, I thought that would be a good you know, a good role for him. And, you know, they, they signed C.J. Beathard in the offseason, and I was like, uh-oh, veteran backup. Uh, I don't think it's going to work for the mustache here. And, uh, you know, then Urban Meyer did the dumbest thing I've seen out of a head coach, uh, until he went to Cincinnati, anyway. Um, and uh, Or the bar in Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, hey, it's, we're going to have an open competition between Minshew and, and Trevor Lawrence. And it's yeah. like, no, you're not. No, like, you're what not, are we dude. doing here? I mean, so um but you know now he gets his chance he's going to start for what at least four weeks right so yep. you know good for him I always liked the kid he was a fun kid to cover the mania in 19 was fantastic I mean heck ESPN brought Uncle Rico down here and the fan <laughs> down here to Jacksonville I mean I got a photo with me and Uncle Rico <laughs> over there so I mean like I can't complain about that I mean no. got a lot of page views too you know when he was you know going crazy there so um, you know, I like the kid a lot, funny kid, and, uh, you know, I wish him well. He's a good guy.
0: When you analyze this game, and Mike Duraco talking Jacksonville Jaguar football, ESPN.com, he's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, just, I mean, I don't know how much the team has said, but just analyzing this game, you, you know, you know Anthony Richardson's not going to be in this game. It's not you're getting ready for Richardson. He gets injured in the second quarter, and in comes Minshew in relief. You know it's Minshew who is going to be the starter. What have players said about that? And and I don't know. Here, Mike, we're kind of wondering. I'm wondering, now that teams know it's going to be Minshew, how that changes how they view him other than him just coming in relief, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know uh... – They know that he's going to be an efficient quarterback and he's probably going to not throw a pick, um, you know, unless it's desperation time. And they know that he's going to be, you know, it'll be like a 25 of 31 kind of day. You know what I mean? He does complete a lot of passes. Um, You know, the thing is, is without Richardson, um, I think they're a, a, a more efficient team with Minshew, but they're a much more explosive and dangerous team. With Richardson, because he's got that cannon, and he can get outside the pocket and kill you with his legs. And just when you think you've got him corralled, he can flick it 45 yards. Um, you know, a lot like Mahomes, he scares the hell out of you when he's running around out there. You're just like, oh my gosh, we got to stay with our guys. And if you miss one tackle, it's you know, he's he's free. So um, you know, I think the the, the game plan on Minshew uh, getting pressure up the middle um, to kind of make him uncomfortable, make him leave the pocket. Uh, you know, the Jags' pass rush has sort of been spotty, hit and miss. Um, you know, they had no sacks against the Texans, uh, despite the fact that C.J. Stroud was the most sacked quarterback. How does in the that game happen? At that time. How, how does that, that happen with the draft drafts, picks, offense, Mike? I, I mean, I, yeah. just, I just, I just, Trayvon Walker's not, he's not an elite pass rusher. He's not. Wow. He's just not going to be that guy. Um, it's never a good idea when you're drafting someone in the first round and moving them to a new position that just never seems to work. And this franchise has done it multiple times and it's never worked each time. Um, But, you know, Josh Allen is having a really good year and Trayvon Walker is a really good, solid football player, really good against the run. And he does get pressures, but he just doesn't finish. And, you know, that's been Josh Allen's MO too, the last three or four years, but he's starting to finish more. So, and it's a contract year for Josh Allen, but, you know, Devon Hamilton not having him inside because of an infection in his back is is really hurting them in terms of interior pass rush. He was really he was their best defensive lineman in camp. Really came on the second half of last year. Uh, they're not going to have him. They do get Dwan Smoot back this week. It's likely he's going to play. You know, but he's coming off an Achilles. Um, you know, he can rush from the inside a little bit. So I think, you know, the game plan will be get some pressure and you know in the middle of the line against. Gardner Minshew, try and force him into a mistake here and there. But, um, you know, I I think the the Jags know that this game, you know, they have to be patient on defense and not take too many chances because Minshew will be an efficient guy with the ball.
2: Mike, last one, and thanks for the time here on this Thursday morning. Obviously, as a Gainesville native and one that went to college right there, you certainly saw probably a lot of Anthony Richardson. I'm curious how much of the conversation when he was coming up or even playing at Florida – was an injury question. I mean, he didn't really get hurt in his one year uh, starting for the Gators, but just given his playing style, uh, I guess, was that ever a discussion, exiting high school, entering college, now in the NFL?
1: Well, I mean, he did get banged up at, at Florida that last year, as a, or his only year as a starter. Um, you know, left one game and then was sort of had one of those nagging leg injuries kind of deal that, you know, he was never completely healthy. Um, You know, and that was the big concern. I mean, this is a big Gator town, and um, they were not real thrilled with Anthony Richardson um, and that Gator offense as a whole. But, uh, you know, the concern with him was can he be uh, an efficient passer from the pocket, and can he stay healthy? And he's left, what, three of the five games with injuries um, at this point. So, I mean, that's a massive legitimate concern for the Colts at this point because I do think – based on what I've seen when he's been healthy, I think he's got a chance to be pretty darn good. Uh, he's got the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. And, if and and you know, Shane Steichen is very well respected down here. Doug Peterson talked about him the other day. in Very positive terms. So, you know, I think he's got a real good chance, you know, with some time and, you know, a little bit of patience to become a really good NFL quarterback. But, That doesn't happen if you're not on the field. Um, And and that's been sort of the knock on him, I guess, the whole draft process, uh, other than, you know, can he be an NFL passer? I think we're seeing it right now. That doesn't mean he can't overcome that, and and he can't all of a sudden when he gets back become the guy that does stay healthy. But you have to worry.
2: It'll be a big one on Sunday. Colts and Jags, a place Indianapolis has not won since 2014. Mike, always enjoy our conversations. Uh, glad London treated you well. The beans treated you okay.
1: And uh, we will see you Sunday. I didn't say the beans treated me okay. No. I said London was great. I didn't say the beans treated
2: me okay. Apologies there for the, uh, for the misinterpretation.
0: Thank you for the time, Mike. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate Mike DiRocco joining us last segment. Always uh, fun to talk with him. What's about my second conversation with him? I like him. Mike DiRocco. uh, All that will be up on the Podcast Center. Our thoughts in the first hour on the uh, developing story. Anthony Richardson headed to the IR. Now on the IR, we'll see exactly how many weeks he will be out. We know it's Gardner Minshew. We also know Colton Jack's coverage Sunday beginning right here on The Fan at 10 a.m. Well, let's keep it going. James Boyd joins us here on The Payless. Hotline. He is from The Athletic. James, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Well, man, we uh, we appreciate you having, you know, joining us here a little early 830 uh, on a Thursday. I told
2: James we had so much Colts (laughs) news. We need him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we we need. Luckily, he was
2: willing to answer that. We need
0: more opinions on Anthony Richardson and everything else. Uh, Well, let's start here before we get to A.R., before we get to the Jacksonville game. I was reading on your timeline on Saturday. You were getting a haircut when the Jonathan Taylor news breaks. So what does a journalist do when he's getting a haircut and massive contract news breaks in the middle of your Saturday afternoon? Afternoon.
3: Yeah, so I was prepared for J T being activated. I had that pre written. So I wrote it, published it, got in the chair. I was like, Oh, great, Saturday's over, get to chill. And as I'm like getting to the end of my haircut, some kid in the barbershop, shout out to him. He's like, J T's got an extension. And I you know, my phone's buzzing, it's buzzing a lot more than usual. I'm like, ah, oh, goodness gracious. So <laughs> pull the phone out and I'm like sitting in the chair she finishes up, typing up some stuff and trying to get stuff confirmed and um, fortunately, I brought my laptop with me, which I always do. So I just uh, hopped out the chair as soon as she was done and um, sat down for like an hour to pound out something really quick. And they were all laughing. And They were like, man, we knew you were a reporter, but we didn't know. Like, we never seen you actually do your job. So very uh, <laughs> modern day way to do things. And shout out to my phone for being a hotspot for for my Wi-Fi.
0: (laughs) So you you wrote it in the barbershop. You wrote your story for The Athletic on the JT contract right there in the barbershop. I love that. I do love that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of help from our news desk, but they were asking me, Hey, can you break it down? Sure. Some analysis and, it all had from the barbershop. So, yes, yeah, out to the, my shop, you know, on the, on the east side. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, I,
2: I'm a little ashamed probably some of the places I've brought a laptop to just in case <laughs> over the years. Again, James Boyd with us here from The Athletic. Uh, Staying on the JT front for just a second. I, I don't want to hit, hit on it for the you know our entire segment. But if you could give him true serum on any question, James, because clearly he doesn't want to answer anything. Um, about the contract, about the trade request, etc. W- what would be the one question you'd want True Serum on with uh, Taylor?
3: Would you have played for the Colts again without a contract extension? Or willingly play for the Colts again without a contract extension? And uh, I think that's the that's the money question. He'll never answer it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's weird with JT. Um, obviously, excited for him to get paid. I'm always I guess pro player in that sense. You know, get your money. I'm never going to be like, hey, this billionaire shouldn't pay you. But... It's just weird because, as you know, KB, he's pretending like it never happened. Like he was never unhappy, like he never asked for a trade. And we didn't see him, you know, wear a hoodie and be mad for weeks at a time in the summer. He's just like, oh, no, like I just had to get healthy. And I'm like, no, dude, that did not happen. That's not real. So it is what it is. But it's just funny because I'm like, just because you say these things, I'm not going to write that. That's not true. (laughs) What um,
2: you and I were talking about this. I guess all of us kind going talk about this yesterday in the in the media room. And I know Malki Taylor's agent, has gone, you know, dancing on graves here to celebrate this. And honestly, I probably would, too. Uh Do you feel like Taylor had like I've always thought of Taylor as like choir boy when it comes to meeting the media? But it, it, he really changed his tune. And, you know, certainly the agent helped. Do you think he kind of had to go mean in order to get what he eventually got?
3: Absolutely. And I believe that Jim Irsay admitted defeat. He told us, hey, yeah, I ended up paying him sooner than I would have liked. And that was the money quote from his statements on Saturday. So, I mean, everyone can get mad at the, the agent and say, oh, he didn't help. He just delayed it. The bottom line is I don't think if JT doesn't make things awkward and make things loud and makes things uncomfortable, he doesn't get that same deal. I don't think so by walking in there and, and going, oh, can I please have more money? No, he was mean. He was, you know, got a little down and dirty with his agent, and it worked out. And now the agent can take the victory lap. People can complain all they want to. But the bottom line is he got his client paid without losing any money. I mean, the, the pup list, you can say it's for injury. You can say it for whatever reason. The bottom line is you get paid while you're on the pup list as well. So he didn't lose any money in game, you know, forty-two, and obviously the twenty-six point five, which is guaranteed. Yeah,
2: he didn't get hit, and he got paid. <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> yeah. that it worked that, out. That's a, that's a pretty
3: win-win. He's pretty good, so I mean that also helped. James Boyd with us here. Wake
0: up call on the fan on this Thursday. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. James, uh, let's move to Anthony Richardson. I know you were there as well, obviously. Lucas Oil on Sunday. He goes down in the second quarter, writhing in pain. Uh, had to be basically helped off the field right to the 10th and right to the locker room. And, you know, I'm sitting there with all the radio gas bags and we're already saying, you know, it's going to be a month. It's going to be, you know, five weeks. He goes on IR yesterday. The S word, the surgery word uh, is something obviously it cannot be ruled out just what is your read of the situation how long you think he could be out Uh, I mean this could be season ending and then just the bummer word is how we've described it James that you're just not going to see the maturation and kind of gather all the data that you are hoping to get year one with Anthony Richardson it's really a bummer
3: it is. I felt for him, you know, Sunday and when he couldn't raise his right shoulder, I was like, Oh man, like that's that's like every, you know, coaches fans nightmare to see your quarterback with this throwing shoulder kind of slumped. And then, you know, they announced over the the speaker in the press box he's questionable to return. And I turned to someone, and I was like, There's not a question in anybody's <laughs> mind right now. He's not playing again today at all. Right. Um, and so I realistically I would think that You know, even if everything, you know, goes as planned and it's, you know, best-case scenario for this type of thing, and let's say it is like a a four-week recovery, whatever, I still wouldn't expect to see him um, at the earliest, my personal opinion, um, until after the bye week, you know, after they go to Germany and play the Patriots in week 10, bye week in week 11. And I would say the earliest we see him is week 12 uh, of this season. So we'll see. Uh, Shane Steichen was very uh, coy, like he always is. But I I think with surgery – we won't even know, truly, unless the team just announces it or, or we're able to, you know, do some digging. But I know for a fact, like, you know, Shane Steichen, um, you know, he won't say anything. I doubt that Chris Ballard would say anything. And so it's just a matter of can we do some digging on our end. But I do feel for the kid. He's out there practiced practice yesterday doing some, some mental reps while uh, Kellen Mond took um, some of the QB snaps. And that was kind of heartwarming but also, like, kind of sad because you know how talented he is and how good he's looked when he's out there. But he just hasn't been able to stay out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, seeing him in a sling, just such a kick in the you-know-what, even just as a human being, watching Richardson have to stand there and go through that. Again, James Boyd is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You can find his work at The Athletic. James, I want to get into a couple features that you've written here over the past, you know, recently, and then I guess the Zaire Franklin one a little bit uh, longer ago. But in my opinion, if you are handing out an offensive MVP through the first five games, Zach Moss would get it. If you were handing out a defensive MVP through the first five games, Zaire Franklin would get it. Let's start with Moss because I think his story is a little bit more unknown. There is part of me that's like, the dude was a third-round pick. So it, maybe it's not the most shocking thing in the world that he is doing this, but obviously in Buffalo he never got any sort of a consistent run here. Um, what have you found out about the Zach Moss story uh, in your reporting on his career and his journey?
3: First of all, he's the most humble guy ever, and I say that about a lot of guys, but you know, he went to Utah and played there, and I'm just thinking, oh, he played at Utah how it was. He's all great. He you know, had a chance to meet Julian Blackman and Matt Gay and had a great good career. And then you go and look it up, and he's, like, the all-time leading rusher there. Like, he was the man. You know, he was an all-time great for that university. But just doing some digging and really just um, building a relationship with him, you know, you found out that he's been through so much. You know, grew up in inner city Miami. Um, you know, at one point, lived in a hotel with his mom, who, who he thinks is, like, you know, his hero. She raised him and his brothers and siblings after um, their parents got divorced. And, and so you, you, you look at him now, you don't realize, like, oh, wow, like, you've been through – a lot of different things. And it's sort of similar to Anthony where, you know, you, you kind of have to teach something before you can achieve it and, and kind of see beyond what's around you. And he was even telling me, yeah, man, like, you know, I had a friend that, you know, came home from college and got shot and killed and, you know, obviously never went back. And he said, but, every, he said, but when I was growing up, that was normal. That was normal for me. That was what, you know, what was an everyday occurrence for me, uh, unfortunately. So he was saying he didn't even know, like, that things like that aren't normal. So he went to Utah, and he said he's glad for it because um, his hometown isn't necessarily a place you get homesick from. So we had a lot of talks about that, and obviously um, things kind of panning out when he got to Indianapolis. And he, I asked him, I said, "Hey man, do you ever did you ever lose like any confidence?" He's like, no, I just wanted a chance. And he said, "I knew regardless of who the coaches, Indiana they run the football. You know, Indianapolis they run the football. So um, they have, and he's proven to be a lot better than." I think anybody expected him to be outside of himself, and um, obviously he could be a really good one-two punch with JT. But personally, I think it's just for this season. He's outplayed himself as far as his contract and any future here. They're not going to pay two running backs, in my opinion. So he's going to get paid, I believe, somewhere else after this year. And then
2: on the Franklin front, to me, he mixes, you know, two kind of dynamics in an athlete that's really hard to find, and that is a really humble worker but an extremely confident leader. Like, that's how I describe Franklin. I mean, he's got first-round pick swagger, seventh-round pick work ethic, if that makes sense. Um, How would you kind of describe Franklin in getting to know him and his story a little bit more lately?
3: As real as it gets, he's the first guy, um, and I always think of this type of stuff going forward in my career, the first guy in the NFL who gave me a chance to tell their story. Um, in, in totality and trusting me enough to do it. And so um, learning about how he was raised, you know, um, by his, you know, grandmother and mother, how tough they were on him and forcing him to kind of see beyond his environment. Um, you know, there was this time where his grandma, I believe, asked him what he wanted to be, and he told her, hey, I want to be a teacher. And she wasn't, like, disappointed, but she also was, like, kind of confused, like, why do you want to be a teacher? He was like, well, he said at the time that was the only consistent, like, check that I saw you know, only consistent job, profession, where I was like, oh, maybe I can be a teacher and I can coach and have some fun. And she's like, no, you can be, you know, whatever you want to be, uh, no disrespect to teaching. She was like, but if you don't have to do that, you have to have what you want to do. And so she kind of opened it up for him, like maybe you can take football and not just be a coach and go be, you know, a really good player or go chase your dream. And so um, his mom and grandma passed away 77 days apart when he was in high school. Um, you know, his aunt moved in and took care of him. And he, those three, like, matriarchs in his family kind of helped him get to where he is now. But... He told me his confidence and his leadership all come from the women in his life that raised him um, to the point where he is now, where, you know, everything he says, everyone listens to it because he's not just saying stuff that he hasn't backed up. I mean, he was a seventh-round pick, sort of a nobody to begin with, and now he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So an incredible story. I encourage you to check both those out in The Athletic. Not to plug myself, but seriously to, like, kind of read something that, that gives you some inspiration and some happiness because those guys have been through so much. And to see them living their dream and having success, I mean, from a human standpoint, you can't help but be happy for them.
0: James Boyd with us. Yeah, two great stories. Again, find his stuff uh, on The Athletic there. Last one for me. What's your read on this game in Jacksonville? And what is your read on this team moving forward, knowing that Minshew is the quarterback? Not coming in in relief, but he's going to be the starter now moving forward for the next month, month and a half or so.
3: Yeah, I think obviously it gives the Colts a better chance to build their offense because you know what you're going to get week to week now. However, I do think there's limitations without having, you know, Anthony's big playability, the running, the big arm. Um, Gardner has been efficient, and he's been accurate, good decision maker, all those things, but there are limitations to his game. And one example of that is when the Zach Moss broke that huge run last week. Um, it looks like, just oh, Zach Moss got free. The reason why he was so free, and, and even he and uh, Quentin Nelson talked about this in one of the videos the Colts posted, is because the defense had to account for the threat of Anthony Richardson running. So a couple of defenders bounced to the outside and left a huge hole in the middle of the field because they were so scared that Anthony would run for you know a first down or a big gain. That's not the case with Gardner Minshew, so um, I think that he'll be fine down there in Jacksonville. Obviously familiar with them, but I'm picking you know the Colts to, to drop this one 27-20 just because I think that, um, you know, the Jaguars, one of the better team so far. We'll see, you know, if, if they can uh, back that up and if the Colts are going to be bad at me for saying that. But um, also, I think that, you know, just from a standpoint of, at some point, Gardner Mitchell has to be your best player. And I'm not sure that, you know, how far this team can go. If he has to be, you know, any given Sunday, their best player. Now, he's had good performances, but if you remember, you know, in Houston, when they, when they won with him in there, Anthony had given him a two-touchdown lead he had to protect. You know, obviously they go to Baltimore and win. Matt Gay has an all-time great performance kicking-wise. And then last week it was Zach Moss going off. So I just think that, okay, if he has to be the best player, how far can this team go? And I'm not sure I feel as confident in this team going as far and winning as many games. So um, we'll see, but, um, you know, that's why you go play the game.
2: I think that's well said on the Minshew front. Certainly something we can get into stylistically, how things will change with him now under center for at least a month. James, great work on the Zach Moss piece again over on The Athletic. I know James has a his latest up on kind of five questions for the Colts as they enter a big one coming up on Sunday without their starting quarterback. James, thanks for the time this
0: morning, man. Appreciate it, James. Thanks for – yeah, thanks
3: for having me. I was like a genius last week writing about Zach Moss. K. V. S. Y. The, the young journalists out there always write the good stories, regardless.
2: <laughs> you need to say that to Mike. Mike Chaplin, see what his thoughts are later today. <laughs> Chap calls James the curse. Thank you, James. All right, have a good one. <laughs> Chap calls James the curse. Ever since James Boyd's come on the beat, the Colts have been cursed <laughs> on that end.
0: I'm kind of. Uh... Wish I would have been here earlier. You could have called me the curse. Well, I would have loved for Chap to call me the curse. That would have been know. fantastic. Some might
2: say you resurrected the Jonathan Taylor situation. Well, there we go. Let's go. I'm I resurrect James from a true serum standpoint. You know the questions for Taylor. One, you know, would be I guess on his end, would you have played without a contract extension? And then on the Colts end, uh, what happened to the four win mm-hmm. comment? Back in late August. Oh yeah,
0: there's a lot of unanswered questions uh, with his entire. I thing. Asked
2: around, you know, will we hear Chris Ballard speak at all on this? Mm-hmm. I don't hold your breath. Yeah, in two months on that. <laughs> and all right, on the other side, we'll continue to get into the Colts conversation again. Gardner Minshew, stylistically, what will change with him now under center? We'll do that next. It is the wake up call. With KB and
0: Andy here on ninety three five one seven five. The fan. All right, so during the break, Jason Hammer here, IBC, he's hanging out with us. The first thing he said is you're going to get a bunch of hate mail for having me on. <laughs> I said more the merrier. People, you know, you know, I'm new here, so people are taking shots at everything I do wrong, you know. If I do something wrong, which is all the time. Uh, but we're happy to have you in. Hope to make this like a like a 9:30-ish on Thursday type thing. All I've been told is that you're a gambler. That's what I know of you besides your radio
4: presence, of course. You left out the word degenerate. Okay, well, he's I'll, a gambling degenerate. I was I was being nice. That's what I was trying to Man, be. Man, I'm excited because I was going to bring some moonshine up here for everybody, oh, but right. I thought, Jeez. you know, a little rise and shine action yeah, going on like here, it. but I'd feel bad if somebody was like a recovering alcoholic and I didn't want to get any more hate mail than you guys are already going to get.
0: The one and only Jason Hammers with us, obviously, Hammer and Nigel. The moonshine would, uh, would soothe us. Yeah, yeah. Hate, man. Rise and shine,
4: baby. You can't
0: drink all day if you I, don't start in the morning. I did go to
2: one wedding like in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and it's like, oh, moonshine in a milk jug. Come back here and try it. I'm like, oh, I can handle that. And oh, after, boy. Let's just say that Sunday was one of the darker Sundays did of, you of, of my life. Did you hallucinate? It was... Um, <laughs> To it Go was, blind. It was quite the experience,
4: <laughs> because there's a difference between what you buy in the store. Like I like the sugar Lands. I like the you know Old Smoky. Right. But yeah. when you got somebody's aunt yeah. making it in a jar, this that just has it like a skull and crossbones on it. That's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's not made in a bathtub in Goshen, uh, Kentucky or yeah, whatever, not going you, to you don't
0: know what you're doing line to buy this stuff here.
2: Uh, well, first off, Hammer, do you
4: bet baseball? Should I, do? I bet baseball? Like, what, what is the plan of attack in betting baseball? Where do you get the best value and look at the pitcher matchup? So, last night, you had the Dodgers. I'm sorry. You had the Phillies taking on the Braves. Right. Now, the Braves have the best record in baseball. But, man, the Phillies were at home. They're swinging good bats. They had Nola on the mound. It felt like that was free money with the Phillies last night. Now... I would have missed the Dodgers bet. I did not bet that game last night. I told you I would have taken the Dodgers to bounce back in, you
0: know, not yeah. embarrass themselves. Yeah. And they were minus 145, I think, going into that game. Yeah.
4: So, baseball's tough, man. It is. And if you're going to bet a money line, see if you can just get it minus one, if the favorite is minus one, because chances of that thing being a one-run game, probably pretty slim. Right. So, get the the more money get the juice baby
2: now you are a little concerned about mother nature tonight with thursday night football is that correct
4: so i'm a nerd i love weather stuff i originally went to ball state to become a weatherman like <laughs> i did not I, know that i wanted to be jim cantori on the weather channel <laughs> hanging onto a palm tree and kill devil hills <laughs> as a you know wind gust <laughs> takes my pants off that's what i wanted to be and somehow well, what know, happened Well, I thought telling poop jokes was more fun, so... (laughs) It is. Somehow got into radio. And uh, so I'm looking at the wind gust tonight, right? Like, rain usually isn't a problem for the degenerate gambler, but wind is. And we're hearing wind gusts of around 20 to 25 miles per hour. Not constant, but enough to screw up the kicking game, enough to affect deep passing. And you don't have to pull my arm to bet unders on Thursday night. If you look at the numbers, man... Thursday nights, we bet unders, and the number's 47, the Broncos stink, the wind's blowing, nobody likes to bet the under, it feels un-American, nobody wants to root for punts and turnovers, but I think the Chiefs are doing the heavy lifting tonight, I don't know how active Kelsey's going to be in the passing game with the wind, the short week, the injuries, I'm going to take it down, man, I'm going to go under 47 tonight.
2: I like hey, that. I'm, listen, I'm, no- I'm thinking, should I be benching Cortland Sutton in my fantasy team because it's too Ugh. windy to throw the ball? Here's what you do. Do Am you I have any running backs yeah, of Kansas Yeah, I actually Kansas have Javante Williams for, for Denver.
4: Okay. Maybe? Then you got a ball game here. Because okay. right. if you're All a prop better, if you're doing a little prop lock and drop yeah. it tonight, uh, Isaiah Pachenko Jarek McKinnon. Take a look at these guys. One of them is going to be involved in the passing game. So flip a coin here. Who's it going to be? But both of these numbers are very doable. Pacheco, last time I checked, was over 12 and a half. McKinnon, over 13 and a half receiving yards. So if you think Mahomes is going to be involved in some dink and dunk action tonight, which historically, they've been doing that against Denver. Look at what happened last year. I think those plays are in the mix. Again, you got a 50-50 chance of which one he's going to favor tonight. So here's the thing,
0: and I don't know. I've known KB for a couple months, okay? I don't know how he reacts to a bad beat. Or stringing together a couple betting losses. And so he's a very. I usually go moonshine. He's a very, <laughs> very even keeled man. And so I don't know if I want him to lose some of these bets to put him on the edge, hammer just a little bit. You no, I think the show
4: would be better on the edge. Well, that's what yeah. I said. I want him to come yeah. in here and just go full Bob Knight. I'm not here to mess around this week. If you're not going to recover, Kevin, if you're not going to recover, Sam. Like, that's the KB that I want. Sam is raising it, his hand right now. Go ahead.
2: Just if I may, speaking from experience, the most risky Kevin you're getting is a happy Kevin. As when the Notre Dame uh, Mika Shrewsbury news broke yeah. last year, mm-hmm. he came in and took a, shirt, a shirt off, the yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah. So Yes, I did have my shirt off. Now, I if if you don't mind, <laughs> Micah great, Shrewsbury. great transition there, Sam. Um, Hammer, I'm looking at our local college football teams here on Saturday, and I see Notre Dame favored by two and a half against USC. I see Indiana as a 33-point underdog at the big house. If I handed you $10, which one
4: are you putting that on? Oh, man, I'd rather bet a Mac or a Sun Belt game, to be honest, <laughs> than an Indiana game at this point. Troy, Troy football. Um, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame game. Like, the way that I – do my betting right yes. is I think in my mind what the point spread should be then I check and see what it actually is and if all things are equal and I think USC and Notre Dame are actually pretty close to being equal if the better quarterback is getting points that's where I want to hitch oh, my wagon gosh. Oh, and last man, time I checked man. the better quarterback was getting points in South Bend now the caveat to this is this is such a desperation game for your Irish Kevin like Freeman needs a signature win. Yes, right? badly. And uh-huh. USC's defense stinks. Yeah, they can't tackle anybody. USC has to play arena football every single week. So take a look at the over. Like, if you don't want to pull the trigger on USC, take a look at the over. It's a high number for South Bend, 60 and a half. But I think Notre Dame's going to give you everything they got. I think USC's going to put points on the board. I think 60 and a half is doable.
0: Boy, that is a big over. I'm just this slate of college football this weekend
4: stinks. By the what way, what about
0: Oregon, Washington? I mean, oh, I'm looking at Oregon, Washington. That's a big one. Maybe Tennessee in the uh, fighting Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher's in A and love
4: Tennessee in this matchup. By I do the way. too. I love. The Why balls. do you like him? Take a think about this here. So last week, Texas A and M, they pour their heart and their soul into this home game against Alabama. They scratch, they claw, and they ultimately lose to a beatable Alabama team at home. The last time we saw Tennessee was two Mm -hmm. weeks ago, and they finally looked like the Tennessee offense we expected under Josh Heupel. They put it on South Carolina in a revenge game. So they're coming off a bye. It's the checkerboard out at Mm -hmm. Neyland. Crowd's going to be rocking. Nationally televised game. You've got a deflated Texas A&M squad, and the line's down to three. It went from three and a half to three. So I like that a heck of a lot better than three and a half. I'm hitching my wagon to Tennessee.
0: All right, so hammer with us. I want to. I want to show him something. So I have a. Uh, don't say this guy's name on the air, but I, I got a buddy. Okay, he's an so old Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy named. He's a guy we call Hollywood. And every day, every Thursday morning during the show, the emails come in. He has all these tip sheets. Look at my email right now. How many he sent?
4: I love it. I love it. So I need to be friends yeah, with this well, guy. I'll, Why are we not hanging
0: out? I'll forward watching Mac
4: football again. Yeah.
0: I'll forward. I'll forward him to you if you want to take a look at him. What's something I mean, there's like. There's like. 12 of them here kb uh Look. before we let you go hammer any gut feel on the colts uh four point underdog with jackson what do you just make of richardson's and
4: injury and everything else yeah so richardson is who we thought he was in florida great runner phenomenal skill set not going to beat you passing the ball down the field. Like, I don't know why people thought something was going to be different in the NFL than it wasn't in Florida. That was the scouting report on Richardson. He's not going to beat you by throwing it downfield to wide receivers. So, unfortunately, man, I hate to be a chalk-eating weasel. I like Jacksonville <laughs> in this spot. The thing the Colts do better than the Jags is probably the running attack. But it's not by much because Travis Atn can play. Yeah, the things Jacksonville does better than Indianapolis. You've got a better quarterback. You've got a better deep threat receiver. I love what Ridley's been able to do this year. They're at home. Crowds into it. Man, four what about
2: coming off the two in ja- uh, two in London.
4: Back to back games in London. I don't think London. that's a big deal. No. I think they're back at home, okay. and it's not like they're taking on a contender. Let's be honest. Um, listen, the Colts are better than we thought they were, but they struggle against Jacksonville. Anyway, they lost by 10 at home. You're going to tell me they're going to go on the road and lose by less than four? That's a tough sell. One more thing here, because I know you guys got to go. Am I a lunatic for taking the Patriots plus three this weekend? Because I'm having a hard time coming to grips with the reality. Who the hell are they playing? Boston College? The Raiders (laughs) in Las Vegas. Jimmy G. Do you really think... Bill Belichick's gonna stir the pot of getting fired by laying an egg against Josh McDaniels. Gosh, that's a great. Okay, question. so I, I wanted to
0: believe. I think Robert Kraft interjects and says, "We're yeah, tanking for Caleb Williams." But the Pats, the Pats got blown out two weeks ago, and I'm I'm blanking on who they got blown so out the by. Saints. Well, no, that was last week, and so I thought they might bounce back at home against the Saints. I know. And then they got blown out again. So I'm I off, know I'm off the believing New England plus the points. That's just me taking New England gets you evicted from this
4: city. It does, but I'll take my winnings and I'll move to the suburbs. So I hate it. Like, I hate myself. I'm even considering pulling the uh, the trigger here, but the Patriots and Belichick getting points against Josh McDaniels uh, yeah, I, I, and
2: Jimmy G. When you say the line, it is something that piques my interest, but
4: there's no way they could be this god awful three weeks in a row, right?
2: Element of sacrilegiousness, and you don't even need them to win;
4: you just need them to hang around and make it competitive. You're getting the points here. That is. Well, I have one more for them. If if the if and
0: we've asked other guys this, so you guys are in entertainment and everything else, and I always, me and KB were talking about it. If the Travis, if the if the Taylor Swift story were happening to an Indianapolis Colt and she were in town, okay? And just make up any cult player, okay? How would you guys handle it on air? What fun would you have with it? What
4: radio bits would you have, do you think? I mean, <laughs> I would hope that it would be somebody of note. Like, nobody cares if Taylor Swift's dating the long snapper. Right, right. Although you could probably make some tongue-in-cheek jokes about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> I might prefer her dating the long snapper. Like, uh, Actually, that would be good. A couple content. years ago,
2: you had Simone Biles, like, and I think she ended up marrying like the Texans' backup safety. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. that's not juicy.
4: Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, the whole trailer story, Travis and Taylor, which we've dubbed them trailer, which fits on so many levels. Um, I think it's burned a few people out. You think? Just yeah, you, a little you, bit. It's called America. And yeah. here's here's the secondary effect of this. Chiefs fans are ticked off because now on the secondary markets, oh, yeah. stub Stubhubs and everything else, oh, yeah. all the Swifties are buying tickets. Yeah. And the diehards, you know, the, the Jimmy Cooks are not getting their yeah. tickets secondhand.
2: <laughs> That's a great point. That is a great point.
4: Uh, he is Jason
2: Hammer again. Hammer uh, Nigel every weekday on our sister station, WIBC three to seven. Hammer, thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. That is Jason Hammer right there. He's gonna be joining us coming up on some Thursdays as we get uh deeper into football season. All right, to round out the show today, it will be the Pop Quiz 317-239-1070. A little hockey flavor,
1: uh, am I seeing hey. correctly, on today's pop quiz. So give us a call. 317-239-1070.